What's been the hardest thing, just talking about that point, being a small business owner and an entrepreneur? Uh, let's see. Um, waking up every morning. Waking up, just getting out of bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's probably the hardest thing, especially when you have a dope memory foam mattress like me. Um, <laughs> you got to get rid of that bed. <laughs> and that's what I told. I, I told my friend, I was like, I need to get rid of it because Sleep I'm on the just, floor. I, I, I know. I agree. I need to do that. Um, but I guess the hardest thing, you know, developing a personal brand, developing your voice so that you can continue making uh, connections and getting clients and also financially like affording um, some of the tools necessary like better gear. Yo Philly, listen up to all our small business owners. Not just our small business owners, also our entrepreneurs, our creators, our dreamers, our doers. This is Small Business Saturday. Every week we're dropping knowledge about small businesses. Man, you know what, just listen to the podcast. Man, we try to do a cool intro, but however we promise the podcast, we will be dropping gems, we will be dropping knowledge, we will be dropping tools you need to succeed in your small business. All right, so every week, every Saturday, stay tuned for Small Business Saturday. Let's get it. Okay, guys, Delilah here. And Matt. We are so excited to bring you yet another episode of Small Business Saturdays. And I am personally like, over ecstatic because we have the one, the only, the legendary Melissa Alam. If you don't know about her, shame on you, but it's all good because you're about to learn about her now. So just to give you a quick background, she is a multi-passionate entrepreneur. She's a digital marketing strategist. She literally does everything. Not only she's the founder of Fearless Con, she, you know, she's been the founder and CEO of The High, Feminine Fortune. She's done so much. You know that whole, um, so have you ever heard of the term, you know, jack of all trades, but master of none? Yeah. She is definitely the opposite of that. Not only is she the Jane of all trades, but she is the master of all. This girl literally finds out every single day, like, oh, wait, I can do this too? I can do that? Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's your intro right now. I don't want to say too much. I'm excited to have you. We're excited to have you. Hey. I love it. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, like, okay. guys. I, my energy levels need to match yours. Okay. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. We work with it. We work with it. They call her the plug. Yeah, right? she just plugs you hard. Okay. <laughs> I do what I does. I can be, look, side note, I mean, if anyone wants hire me to be your hype man or your hype girl whatever yeah. i am your person the main squeeze <laughs> that was uh that was a great warm very warm introduction mm. so thank you uh, melissa hey matt that was that was something so now i know a lot more about you mm -hmm. but for everybody listening maybe from your perspective uh, tell us about you. Yeah, I mean, I'm really just a homebody. This, <laughs> thanks for the hyping up of my life. She's but, like, okay, I'm kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> um, I take a lot of naps. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I live in Philadelphia. I've been here for about 12 years now, but I think, uh, yeah, yeah, 12 years. Um, going on my 13th, actually. I went to Temple. And I have been just kind of creating my own career path here in Philly. So I run my own business. I do freelance creative um, strategy design and photography for clients. And I host a lot of events because I love community and I love hosting events. And I have um, two conferences I host. One is for women called Fearless Con and the other one is called Study Hall, um, which is for creatives and freelancers. That's during um, Philly Tech Week. 
Yeah, yes. so Study Hall Summit was last year. I actually am trying, and I, I love saying it out loud in interviews. Go ahead, when girl. When I get interviewed because I, it's like accountability. I'm like, crap, I said it to someone. I have to host it. <laughs> but I am trying to host a second part called Recess, which I'm trying to have as like a field day for entrepreneurs and creatives who don't have like coworkers to talk yes. to or like throw a football to during the day. <laughs> so, we'll see. We'll see. But so you did study hall during Philly Tech Week what last year? Mm-hmm. When was that? So it's like the whole May week 2nd. long. May second. Yeah. So it was. Mm-hmm. It was a Wednesday, I believe. Uh, it was an all day thing at Warehouse on Watts, and we had a few different panels. It was nineties themed, so we had like gushers and Capri Suns. I mm. forgot oh, yeah. the lunchables, which I was so mad. Mm-hmm. Because I would have made it. But, like, we had a DJ doing, like, 90s hip-hop. And then, um, yeah, it was fun. We had some, we had dessert after. I remember seeing that on the schedule. I was like, yo, I got to check that out. Oh, well, no, Yeah, where were you? Yeah. <laughs> Literally not having fun. And this is where I take over. <laughs> so, Melissa, um, anyone who knows you, um, they know you as a serial entrepreneur. Um, you know, you, you definitely dabble in a lot of things. So kind of tell us about, like, where did it all get started? Like, what was your first major project you tackled? Um, like, the first business you started, the first LLC you started? Um, just that, go a little Way bit back, back into that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have always loved being entrepreneurial. I used to sell random stuff to boys in sixth grade. Yes. <laughs> Take all their coins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used, oh. I used to sell, like, magazine clip-outs for their lockers. Um, really? Yeah, and then I tried to, side, like, start a side hustle for my mom. She's a seamstress and, mm-hmm. like, would sew all my shit. And then mm-hmm. I tried to sell, like, skirts and stuff that she would sew to my friends at school. Um, so, I don't know. It's You got to be a hustler when you're a daughter of an immigrant. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, your parents don't – like, your, my mom didn't really speak, like, English very well. So mm-hmm. I had to – you know, be that that rep for her, that middleman, the middlewoman. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and she was a hustler too. She was like babysitting and a seamstress. So I got that drive from her. I'd have to say, but um, after college and even during college at Temple, I was very active in Greek life, mm-hmm. and I was part of a new sorority on campus. So building up uh, an entity or organization was mm-hmm. like what I loved doing. I mm-hmm. might not have been like the friendliest sister, <laughs> like the sister part came secondary. The, you were the strategist. The you got strategist, the, yes. the, yeah, the president part I loved. Um, and I had a lot of experience hosting events there. And so um, after college, I think the first business I started was called Greek um, or Woodworks Paddles. So me and um, my big sister in the sorority, who I'm very good friends with, we went to Target yesterday and the day before mm-hmm. <laughs> like um we're still awesome friends but we started a paddle business where what's that mean like a paddle business? um so in greek, greek life, life yeah, yeah you get, no you get it's like a it's a gift you give to a new person in the who joins um so big like big like brothers greek letters. Too, the, the, i've like watched too many like college yeah. movies. I, mean, oh, like, uh, <laughs> I mean that's just a stereotype so you, um, so you're president yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It's a, it was that? a small South Asian one. We had like okay. ten, like members at a time. It's it's called Capital Phi Gamma. But um, we would sell paddles, and the you know profit margin was huge on that because mm-hmm. we get the wood from Home Depot. She was like the carpenter side. I was the marketing, mm-hmm. and um, we would upcharge it like uh, sometimes like yeah we get the wood for like eleven bucks, and that paddle would cost sixty six. Mm-hmm. So we were making a huge profit. Um, and so that was, yeah, that was kind of like my first taste of starting a business with a partner. And ever since then, I've probably had like six, seven, eight other businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but they keep getting better, like a fine wine, I say. Okay. <laughs> what What came next for you then after that? So you were still in school at Temple, mm-hmm. and you had the paddle business, and you're in Greek life. Mm-hmm. What were you studying, by the way? I was a marketing and international business major, but I was a slacker. Like, I went to boarding school, so college at Temple was like. Easy, easy for me yeah. and I just didn't care like I was probably a B B plus student mm-hmm. it just I had more fun with my internships and um, all the event planning I was doing a like, lot of know. extracurricular stuff on the side yeah I never studied for exams I was always trying to like have a party in the tech center at Temple <laughs> people like we are trying to pass this class like, I studied for like C's get degrees yeah <laughs> I, I just work better, like, last minute under pressure. So, like, even with exams or essays, I just do it the morning of just because mm-hmm. I, I don't know, inspiration strikes when, uh, you know, when there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> so. It sounds just like, because I, I changed my major to advertising with, like, minors in business and entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. which just freed up so much time from studying for economics finals. Oh, hell yeah. I was like, okay. Now I get to... Do whatever I want in my spare time. Yeah. Focus on making money. And it doesn't even matter what you do in college, honestly. Yeah. It's like the people you meet, the connections you make. Mm-hmm. Like most people don't even, um, they don't even work in the same field as what they majored in. It's, mm-hmm. it's just bullshit. So. Something I, I kind of want to touch on is, um, so when you're talking about when you did your Woodworks Paddles business with your, with your girlfriend, and this is something I stress heavily on is just kind of utilizing your resources and your, your community. Like how can we help each other grow? So with you, you were good at marketing. With your friend, she was good, you know, on, on, on craftsmanship. Yeah, yeah craftsmanship. So, <laughs> but no, this is something that's important yeah. to consider, especially yeah. if you're starting a business or anyone is like launching a project. See what traits like people carry that you know that you surround yourself with. Like what, like what, like what are they good at, and how you guys can come together and oh, just man. kind of yeah, how yeah. you complement each other and essentially like make money together if anything. Yeah. So I, I I love that. I mean, you kind of just touched on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they say you know find a partner or co-founder that mm-hmm. um, has a different skill set, but I also think another taking a step further is. Um, having the uh, curiosity to learn their skill set as well. Mm-hmm. Just because if yes. anything happens, if they're sick one day, um, you know how to you know run the social media mm-hmm. or fix stuff on the website, even the basic stuff, but like having that ability just in case mm-hmm. um, something happens. So you know moving forward, I guess taking that point uh, one step more, when you try to find somebody now, like are there other people around you? How do you sort of run your business? Do you need other people? Do you hire other people? Um, I don't know if I need them, but I want them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. You um, do everything yourself. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I'm in the phase where I'm trying to grow and build. And um, I do have some freelancers that I work with that I, you know, I pay as well. And so it's been fun to outsource and not be running around at an event doing the photography, hope moderating the panel. Um, putting the food out, mm-hmm. putting the chairs out, like it. And I, I thank God for my friends because a lot mm-hmm. of my friends have been there, like bartending, mm-hmm. checking people in. Like I, it literally takes a village, and I wouldn't be able to um, do all the things I wanted to do and like have these big dreams if I didn't have friends that helped me out. So yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. yay friends, <laughs> internet friends, IRL friends, everyone. Um, but. Yeah, I am trying to hire, like, a junior design, graphic designer. That's what you look for now. Yeah, so, um, and hopefully that grows, and maybe, you know, I can bring on another web designer, and I love doing the business um, operations part of, uh, brand, like, bringing in the, the business, basically, and 
um, negotiating and um, so more than sales. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, biz devs, biz devs. Yeah. I was trying to say, but we'll see. We'll see. You know. What um, steps. I guess focusing on that for a second, I'd say that's one of my biggest struggles in most small business owners mm-hmm. is finding good people mm-hmm. and then retaining good people. And just the whole HR thing, like hiring, firing, all that. Yeah. Do you have any, I guess, insight or suggestions to people listening? I am probably the wrong person to talk to <laughs> about how the to legal, legally do a business, run a business. <laughs> um, I even don't even like consider these as businesses. They're just like ideas I've had or like projects or I call them my fake companies. I don't know if that's like imposter syndrome. Could be, but it's definitely um, imposter because you built like legitimate companies. Well, I, I mean, I just know photo my way around Photoshop, you know, mm-hmm. like to, I don't know. I'm an imposter. Just, just crop other people into it. And just do, like, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, the like and, uh, it's gonna be wait, you know, like that meme when you go to Sam's Club and you put like all these different disguises for right. Sam. It's gonna be all her face, which is different ways, <laughs> different yes. hats. And the audience. <laughs> it's like when you send out like the video Christmas card of like, you and your team dancing. Okay. All right, we all get it, we get it, guys. I'm a fraud. Okay, but she got it done. Look. <laughs> Trying to be better, <laughs> but to produce an event, you've got to have somebody reliable who's going to like show up and be there and you care sure about what they're doing. Also, like finding good people is it just like yeah. friends, um, or people that have shown interest. And you know, I am working with someone that um, you know has her own event planning company uh-huh. and just started out, and she um, wanted to help me out FearlessCon, and she was literally like my right hand this year at FearlessCon, and. I've hired her for other events now. So it's kind of like we all have to build each other up Mm -hmm. here in Philadelphia. And I think that's why we're still here and we're running businesses. It's like Mm -hmm. such a supportive community. And you also have to show your like, like don't go into things thinking, oh, I need to be paid like right away. Unless it's like a huge brand you're working Mm -hmm. with. Because a lot of the best relationships I've I've made is like volunteering at someone's event and then um, or having a volunteer at one of my events and then the next one, I pay her. You know, I, I need to, people need to see like your work ethic a little mm-hmm. bit first before mm-hmm. um, and opportunities arise or doors open. So I always tell people like work hard um, and make the right connections and just um, you'll see the you know the the rewards to that that labor hopefully in the future. Yeah, with some of the younger people listening who are maybe in college or looking to start a business, what were the next steps uh, and, and hurdles that you had to jump? After college and graduating and all that. Yeah, so I um I worked at some agencies um, before I quit and uh, went freelance just uh, right away. And, you know, freelance, be prepared to hustle because it wasn't like right away I had like awesome clients. I was working with clients that wanted to pay me or I charged them like $200 for a website and they were asking for discounts and yet they had like huge mansion, like nice apartments in Northern Liberties. And I was like, you can't pay for a $200 website? Mm-hmm. Like... Very cheap clients. I need that area. You still doing two hundred dollars? No. <laughs> Get out of here. So, um, so I start off with like very low rates because I wanted to build my portfolio. Right. Um, and on top of that, I was hustling. I was like doing so many side gigs uh, all over the city, everywhere. Yeah. I was like handing out flyers in Chinatown. I was once on a Segway handing out coupons for uh, like cough medicine. <laughs> and. Um, yeah, and it's just I would do the most random stuff, but it was like these brand ambassador gigs that would pay for my gas money or my food that week. 
because I didn't have like you know expenses that mm-hmm. like very high expenses thankfully but um yeah be prepared to hustle and network thank you thank you for the, I want to stop right there because I think so many kids and students who want to be an entrepreneur don't understand what's because the back the, yeah what's, right, what's involved it, like yeah. they might still have the rent or phone bills paid for by their parents mm. and oh I want to be an entrepreneur like you know maybe my college was paid for many of us have opportunities like that but then it's okay when life gets real and you're talking about putting the time putting the hustle at a lower rate to build up your skill set and your portfolio mm-hmm. and I just don't think many people think like that I think mm-hmm. it's valuable yeah I think a lot of people especially when it comes to working with clients um, they think oh my gosh I don't have a huge following, how am I supposed to get clients? If you do great work, just make your own like projects. A lot of the businesses that we mentioned in the beginning of this like hype mm-hmm. fest are all just projects that I thought of in my bedroom and designed and I get hired by real clients now because they've seen my work on these, you know, quote, projects slash businesses and companies that I've created. So create your own portfolio with just like, if you're a graphic designer, mock up, you know, a, a random brand so people find out about your, like, learn your style and then share it with the world and then you can start building up clients because a lot of, you don't want to just sit there waiting for a client when you can be creating um, some amazing work to be seen. Exactly. Exactly. So how long have you been in business? You know, you've been on your own for a while now. Yeah, just all mm-hmm. by <laughs> Um, I have been in business. I went freelance in 2012. So this is year seven of freelancing. And I started uh, my female empowerment, entrepreneurship side of things back in 2013 with Femin Fortune and then The Hive, which was a co-working space. And then Fearless Con, the first one was in 2015. So this will be my fifth year. Doesn't make sense, yeah. but yeah. I've had four so, others. <laughs> so um, I I know you just briefly touched on the hive right now. So I do want you to talk about that a little bit more because mm-hmm. I know at the time it was Philadelphia's premier co-working space for women, really big deal here. And I want you to uh, like acknowledge like just you. <laughs> I wish you guys could see her face right now. Um, but no, like you know, this is this is what's really important, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship, like. We may have, like, these visions, these goals, and everything will go our way. Sometimes it doesn't, but, you know, it's okay. So I kind of want you to share a little backstory of the Hive and what did you learn from it, like, throughout the entire process from it, any gems you can give to anyone that's in the process of starting their business, and just kind of, yeah, the highs and lows of the Hive. (laughs) Oh, man, it was an awesome experience, Mm -hmm. and that's something that I was very lucky to have a mentor at the time Mm -hmm. who cut me a deal and like she was um, moving out of that space and gave it to me because I I told her about my idea and Mm -hmm. um, she helped me financially a little bit as well and my mom helped so I was um, definitely had the privilege of that Mm -hmm. Um, but I moved back home the second I thought of the idea and Mm -hmm. found you know reached out to my mentor I moved back home uh, so I could save money for it I lived at home for like two months only because it was such a I launched um I had the idea in, in August. I got I signed the lease in September and then I got the keys in October and launched November first. Mm. Um so I it was like my first like business. I was twenty six when I opened. I know if I opened that now I'd I'd be much better at it. Yeah. I didn't have like a business model because I just don't 
Mm-hmm. I hate writing shit out. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I did have was the branding and design. And yes. um, I had an intern at the time who leaked it <laughs> to TMZ. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> our version, aka Technically Philly. And um, they wrote something. Uh, it was on like the front page of, obviously, because it's a new article. But uh, it was cool because I had my former boss at, an, at the agency, the last agency I worked, had an article with his face on it. I'm like, on the same Damn. homepage as Wow. Well. Um, Look at that. Yeah, it was, it was cool. I was like, okay. And um, from there, I got a ton of press, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, so that whole month of October before I launched was like me working every night, um, also make like working with clients because I can't stop working with clients because that's what's paying for the furniture and the paint because mm-hmm. I didn't have funding before I opened. It was very like, it was very bootstrapped. And that was a word I learned at an interview. Uh, this guy was like, are you bootstrapping? And I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that sounds sexual. <laughs> yeah. like, I had no idea what it meant. So then I looked it up. I'm like, I am. Um, and, you know, I was just using my own money, aka bootstrapping. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was every night was just like working, painting the place, going to thrift stores in Jersey, getting for finding cheap furniture, um, finishing client work at the time, designing websites, uh, interviewing with press and making like the, the PR market. Like I was just a team of one. I had a few friends that were helping me. Thank mm-hmm. God, like painting and like the, that stuff that I suck at. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was a lot of work. Uh, I loved it because it, I, we had events that were very, mm-hmm. uh, we had open mic nights in there. We had workshops. We, it was an amazing space. Um, the overhead was just too much. And so I, um, you know, I didn't sign the lease when it, when it came time uh, 18 months later in 2016. And um, I, I didn't closed. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't sign the lease again. Okay. Um, and I, I left that and I went to Berlin <laughs> to cry. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but I had like a one-way ticket to Berlin that I had booked before. No. So it, it, it coincided like the same time. But um, I continued hosting the events because that's the most successful thing. And the lease, it doesn't have any overhead. So... Um, you know, I miss the hive and I am happy to say that I had the idea before, like the wing and the riveter, like Mm -hmm. all these huge spaces are getting like seed funding and investors and stuff. And that could have been me, but I just, just, what's your biggest lesson from it? Um, hire, like have a team, you know, um, I, I had an awesome girlfriend who's also um, a sorority sister of mine. Mm -hmm. She just graduated college and she was helping me like run the spot and Mm -hmm. um, help me with Fearless Con. Thanks, Nikki. Mm -hmm. Um, So she really, really helped me uh, survive when I couldn't pay her um, because I wasn't making any money. But I learned to, you know, delegate and grow a team. I had some interns from Temple that helped out, which were that was awesome. They Mm -hmm. would come to the space in Old City. Um, But what I learned is next time I want to, at least have a Kickstarter or mm-hmm. get funding mm-hmm. before opening another space. Because mm-hmm. I was working like like a hamster in a wheel just like every month. Like, to pay the bills. To pay the bills. I was using that. I was going heavy with client work and you know, website design. And I got a lot of clients from it too. So mm-hmm. it worked. But it yeah. was just too much work for me. I feel like, yeah, I, I understand the hamster wheel thing. Especially when money's really tight. It's It kind of clouds your vision. You can't, you don't have time for like bigger picture thinking because exactly. it's, it's every day. Exactly. So that's why it didn't really, it didn't survive because I didn't have, and I couldn't even get funding. I mean, it's not like I didn't try, but I met with Comcast and I met with these like female entrepreneur alliances for like their incubators or whatever. And I didn't get them. And that was kind of disheartening. So I was like. Well, plus you probably didn't have the time to put together things they needed to see or hear because you're 
you know, doing client work and also like trying to build out the space and managing the space and all that? I mean, I put together a sick ass pitch deck, <laughs> but <laughs> with some pretty good ideas. I don't know. Do you think it's funny because at that time they didn't realize just how powerful the woman purchasing and buying power is in general? Because yeah. mm -hmm. like I, I think it's interesting, like you said, like you know, you think of the wing, like how huge it is right now. Yeah, you know, just spaces like that, and just knowing, okay, like why, like. I know it can be like a little frustrating too, but um, yeah, because it's like I had that idea too. But I mean, I, I love that you're able. Like this was amazing. I remember so this was before you know I'm honored to call myself her friend or whatever. <laughs> but before, because I stand over her for so long, like She's I've so seen. Yeah, <laughs> no, because even when the hive like first opened, because a lot of people, because that's that was around the time when I started my in my brand for the Lani Company, and people were like they knew I was always about women apartment. They're like, Lani, you check this out. You check this out. So I was always like, you know. Just just follow my Instagram page and just kind of like, oh, who is this girl? <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it's, it's kind of cool. But, I mean, I think, like, this is life. You know, this yeah. is life. You know, sometimes you'll, you'll throw out ideas. You'll, you'll go for it. and won't go exactly how you plan, but you don't let that stop you. I mean, and look, like, you just kept on going. I mean, regardless of you crying in Berlin, that's cool. But you came back. <laughs> you came, came back. back, head up high. It's like, okay, yeah. what's what's next? I got, I got Sally May to pay back. <laughs> <laughs> So I, when I moved here like three and a half years ago, I was looking for a co-working space within the first couple months and I was living in like spring garden area and I remember seeing the hive and I don't know if I called or messaged you, but I saw I was like for, for female entrepreneurs, I was like, will they still accept me? Like, can I apply to this? <laughs> and I think I might have got shut down. I think I might have got shut down. Dang, I wish I still had access to my email. I love, like, because Philly's so small, you meet people, if you don't meet them now, you'll meet them in two years. So mm, yeah, exactly. that's how it's worked for all of us in here. But yeah, that's, uh, yeah, no, I got that question a lot. And I mean, I don't really pay attention to men who don't support a space for women when they have mm. all the spaces that they've ever wanted or needed. So mm. I've got a question regarding the Berlin thing. Mm -hmm. So, when I like to say when when you when you get knocked down or when you get punched in the face as an entrepreneur, is there anything that would pretty much force you to get a job instead of doing something on your own to make money? Uh, if I don't have health insurance, so if I needed some to pay some huge medical bills. Um, yeah. Honestly, no, because then I would just create another conference on my own. I don't. Mm -hmm. I will never go back. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I don't know. Um, I think health would probably be the only thing. Uh, otherwise, I would just figure out a way to um, make whatever I needed, make that money, make that connection, whatever. Yeah. What have been? I want to move forward and talk about like where you're at now. Um, but what's been the hardest thing, just talking about that point, being a small business owner and an entrepreneur? Uh, let's see. Um, waking up every morning. Waking up, just getting out of bed. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's probably the hardest thing, especially when you have a dope memory foam mattress like me. Um, <laughs> you got to get rid of that bed. <laughs> that's what I told. I told my friend, I was like, I need to get rid of it because Sleep I'm on the just, floor. I, I know, I agree. I need to do that. Um, but I guess the hardest thing, yeah, I guess some people, you know, developing a personal brand, developing your voice so that you can continue making uh, connections and getting clients. And 
also financially like affording um, some of the tools necessary, like better gear. Mm. I, I know money is a huge thing. Um, when I first was first starting out, thankfully I, I was I had a roommate, so my rent was pretty low, um, like four hundred a month or something, uh, and. I would put money back from the $200 websites I was making into buying better lenses or buying a course or flying to Cali for a conference. Um, so prioritizing personal development and um, investing in yourself and your business, I think, is, is so important and not always done. Yeah. One of the things that I'm glad that I made a conscious decision of being an entrepreneur and just like a really small business owner and agency owner is when I was making like really good money before scaling and building a team and reinvesting my profits into that, I was like, oh yeah, I could buy a really nice car or like think about buying a house or this or that. But you don't know what's going to happen next. Like mm -hmm. you could lose a big client, you could lose a big contract mm -hmm. and then you've got payments on this house. It's like yeah. live below your means until like you're really stable, which might be a while as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Don't. Do what that Billy dude did for Fire Festival. Oh, oh my lord, yes. Scammer of I think I read that there's actually like a college course behind that right now, too. I forgot what, what school it is, but someone they're actually doing a whole course behind that scam. Like, what? Fire Festival course. <laughs> Funniest thing. Yeah. Um, so I mean he talked about just kind of like what's one of the worst things of anything, but what would you say is one of the one of the best things about being a small business owner? You know what? Glass half full. Yeah. Thank you, Delilah. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing is sleeping in. <laughs> worst things, waking up, best thing, sleeping in. Yeah. Um, no, it's just having control over your life um, mm -hmm. in that aspect. I know a lot of people find that control satisfying in gyms mm -hmm. and with their body. I necessarily don't. Um, <laughs> I'm trying. Um, I like food and sleep. Hashtag um, fake fit life. We're, yeah. you know, we're trying. Yeah. Um, but I think having control over your career is like what like invigorates me. And I don't need that structure. And I'd, I'd rather not have a boss. Um, and if you do, that's great. That's no, not everyone's meant to be an entrepreneur. Uh, but I love, you know, getting my own clients, deciding who I want to work with, charging how much or how much I want, making an idea into reality, um, working with dream partners and like, you know, brands, mm -hmm. um, what else? Just the, the flexibility that I, I do this so, so I can travel as well. Mm -hmm. So I put money into uh, traveling, you know, and that's a big part of me. And I still work while I travel. I'm not like out there sipping mojitos on the beach. There's a laptop um, on my lap while I sip those mojitos. But yeah, just just having the freedom is what excites me. Same what exact I live for. Thing. Yeah, the freedom, man. To like once you scale to a certain level, you can't really travel anymore. And if you do, it's maybe that's why I haven't you. scaled. Yeah. yeah, it's like your team will be like, oh, they're traveling again. Yeah, it's mm. really hard to to manage a team. I mean, I just hired a virtual assistant for helping me with um, some of my freelance work, and I owe her like a bunch of emails. Like, <laughs> so you know, I understand how I, I work best. And honestly, I work best late at night, boomeranging emails for 7 a.m. the next morning. Yes, yes, um, same exact thing. I'm more of a night owl. Same, mm. which is why we like sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I was up watching Netflix last night, so. <laughs> and working, I mean, kind of, I took a break. Self-care, guys, self-care. Okay, happy medium. <laughs> what are, so fast forward, what are you working on now? I know you have a lot of different things going yeah. on. 
What's going on now? So I am working on uh, continuously working on like new clients work. So I have about nine to twelve clients sometimes at a time. Um, with and I'm working on you know creating their their brand, everything from their website. Um, yesterday I did a photo shoot in Old City for a client for her website. Um, branding. I run social media for a few clients. Um, this week I was working on uh, creating a digital course. Uh, and designing that I like it. For, uh, for a client. So that was a good experience, um, interesting experience as well. And I learned a lot from that. And then also uh, some events. So I have Fearless Con in September, but I'm hoping to have that recess event I mentioned mm-hmm. um, this April or this Philly Tech Week as well. So, and then I work with Bumble. So I host events every month with um, Bumble, which is awesome. I feel like I heard about that. I don't, maybe you were telling me about yeah. that. Uh, real quickly, next steps, like, cause you got a couple events coming up, you know, what's next for you? Yeah. Uh, what's next? I'm just trying to run away to Morocco, <laughs> um, find a good Wi-Fi connection, just live there. Mm-hmm. But I like it. yeah. Um, oh, I'm, I'm starting to teach again. I teach at UArts. Yeah, she does. Um, I'm sorry. She does it all. She's a professor too. <laughs> so, and I teach how to be dope on Instagram, <laughs> but it's actually called like visual creative for digital media. It's got a cooler name, um, but I'm starting to teach. Uh, and then I'm also on the side actually tonight. I have to go soon, but I have comedy class at six. So nice. I, um, I do stand up comedy um, when I can. So that starts, that's every Wednesday uh, in center city. And where are you located? Fish down or Kensington. <laughs> <laughs> with that yeah well so for anyone who's interested and maybe you want to be a potential client of yours or just seeing more of your work like where can they find you yeah you can find me at melissaalam.com and then i am ring the alam a-l-a-m mm. all over the socials <laughs> so stalk me just kidding but <laughs> and last but not least for everybody listening uh just being a digital marketing and branding sort of type of podcast what mm. questions do you have for us that we might be able to help you out yeah, um, I would love to know how you guys decided to partner and what that was like because it's such a unique partnership. <laughs> Go ahead, Mac. <laughs> so, he was the one to pitch me. So one of the companies I, I own is Phone Repair, really like electronics repair. I fixed her phone in college at Penn State. Yeah. And, and we both went to Penn State together. So yeah. we are, we both uh, know our mutual friend, Abu. Abu, yeah. So oh. we all three know Abu, but that's yeah. how, yeah. <laughs> We love you. Actually, I'm going to meet him for dinner later on today. So she's oh. putting on an event. I couldn't make it to it, but then she invited me to another event she was doing with Google mm-hmm. at 1776. Mm-hmm. And uh, we connected there again. Mm-hmm. Love her vibe. Love mm-hmm. her presence. And we wanted to take this into a, a podcast where it's like co-host. A lot of fun. Yeah. Interview cool people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's yeah. that. <laughs> He's a, he had a Delilah effect. And he's just like, I need to work with you. Seriously. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then in terms of starting a podcast, uh, what were the biggest obstacles you have to overcome to start this podcast? Still going over them. Right, yeah. <laughs> Still figuring out audio. Right, just yeah. kind of like, even right before you came here, um, how do we use this mic? You know, what does this button do? So uh, the good thing, though, Mac has an amazing team. He definitely has a great try behind him, so they handle all the editing and They'll handle the visuals for the podcast and stuff, but just us just trying to get the audio. We're like, okay, what does this button do? <laughs> it's 
tough to do something that doesn't generate revenue, mm-hmm. but it's it's a passion project, mm-hmm. and we, we want to grow it and make it into something bigger and better. Yeah. Aw. Mm. Aw. Aw. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that is all we have for you today. We are so thankful for you, Melissa, coming out, hanging out with us, sitting down, talking about your life and all that fun stuff. Yeah. I mean, any final tidbits? No. Nick? Melissa, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. This thanks has for, been great. Thanks for texting me after I forgot. Okay. <laughs> All right, everyone, we will catch you next Saturday for another episode of Small Business Saturday. Thanks for listening. Signing out.